everybody. Welcome back to All the Things with Luke Tim. I am Luke Tim, and um, it's my podcast, so there you go. Uh, I know it's been like forever since I uploaded a podcast, and um, I've had this one in the bank for a long time. It's just that I was trying, really hoping to do a, a bit of a second guest part two to this, if you will, um, because this is what I think was a, a really cool podcast. This is uh, me talking to a friend of mine, happens to also be neighbor across the streets. Uh, we have different opinions on a lot of stuff, uh, but this specific one is about abortion. And I was looking for just a couple of voices of people who um, have a different perspective than me. I'm a, I'm a pretty pro-life guy. That probably isn't going to surprise anybody. But the idea being, I think a lot of times we, we get into a mode where we mischaracterize each other. Um, what do I mean by that? I think that uh, pro-life people and pro-choice people just kind of come at it assuming that, well, if you're pro-life, then you hate women. And if you're pro-choice, you hate babies. And uh, the truth is far different from that. The reality is that um, people start in different places, um, have different values, and come at things differently. I think that if we would pause for a minute and consider what those things are and uh, at least appreciate in some regard that we are different from each other, um, we could hear each other better. Now, it doesn't mean that I think we can all get along and that pro-life and pro-choice can coexist. I, I'm just going to stick with my guns and say that uh, pro-life is the right way. I think that history is going to judge us, um, particularly on this subject. So, 100 years from now, I think people are going to look back on the fact that abortion was legal in the same way they, they shake their heads and say, I can't believe you used to be able to own people in America. Um, that's my opinion. I get it, but uh, I think if you listen to this podcast and kind of hear where I'm coming from, I feel as though that's going to be the case. But Kelsey does a, a great job of um, presenting the other side and, and having a, a good, open, honest conversation. Not a debate, no arguing. If you're looking for a heated argument between me and Kelsey, on that didn't happen. Because um, we're friends. We like each other. There's no reason to argue. We can have different opinions and still not be jerks. That's possible. In fact, I think we should be working towards that in our country right now. But anyways, uh, enough of that. Um, as always, follow me, Luke underscore Tim. That is uh, Twitter and everything else, Instagram, but whatever. Here you go. Here's Kelsey and me talking about abortion. No prep time at all. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Well, I actually have something for you. Did your wife tell you I got you a gift? No. What did you get? What is this? What is this? Yo- Yofu? I don't know what it actually says. Fried. It's a snack. Oh, they're crickets. Yes, they're crickets. No shit. These are crickets. My boss got them for me for Christmas. Can I, can I seriously have them? Yeah. Actually, I brought two flavors. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I... Okay, this one is cheese. I can tell that because yeah. of the slice of cheese. He said that the cheese are iffy. That one's just like salt. 
So that okay. one's going to be like a salted peanuts. That is so weird. I probably will not have one. Not going to lie. I'm going to totally um, eat a cricket. I do want to see it though. But okay. he was telling me about them because. And where is he from again? Well, he's from Scotland. Okay. His wife is from Japan. And he gets them at the Japanese store. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they look like? The Asian. Oh, God. They look like crickets. Oh, God. That is a straight up salted cricket. So his wife won't let him eat them at home because it freaks her out. She doesn't mind them, but she freaks her out. So he eats them at work. And I was like, that's disgusting. Like, yuck. And he's like, you want one? I'm like, no. And then he apparently got me two bags for Christmas for awesome. some reason. Awesome. All right. I'm going to – you introduce yourself and uh, I'm going to eat one while you're introducing yourself. Okay. My name's Kelsey. Do I have to give my last name? No. Oh, God. Um. I am a graduate student at Des Moines University. Hopefully in 2020, I get to start med school. And we'll call you doctor, doctor, <laughs> pseudo doctor, <laughs> almost doctor, <laughs> nearly doctor, hopefully. But um, I do research on something that you find gross, but uh, it's called trichomonas vaginalis. It's a vaginal parasite. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only one who finds that gross. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. You, you're like um, working towards like an expertise in STIs. Kind of. I mean, That's this weird. one, for sure. <laughs> but in fairness, like all of them. it's the most common non-viral STI, and most people haven't heard of it, which is kind of freaky because... It's more than chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis combined. And those are the, you know, the three most common ones I think that most people think of okay. besides besides HPV and um, herpes. Right. Then it's trick. And so when you say that, I think trichinosis, which is the thing that pigs and bears get, which is like a parasite in the muscles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a worm. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, yes, it's different. And is Trick it just means, I think it means like the root word means like gross. <laughs> we? Maybe I think of flagella. So like, okay, you know, like that type of, st- or like movement based or something. I don't know. I got a, I got a cricket stuck in my throat. That was not bad. <gasps> was it really? Oh, it honestly has very little taste. It just kind of tastes salty. I'm not eating it. You're not going to eat that one. Nope. I'll eat I heard it crunch cricket. and I was like, <laughs> they're just crickets. Like the legs are off. I wonder, if, I wonder like, if they're in there. Like a pile of legs at the bottom? Oh, God. There's definitely legs in there. Oh. I thought about giving them to Owen. <laughs> <laughs> he eats dirt. <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you a perfect candidate for this conversation because you are um, got some medical background. Um, wife, mother, woman. Mm-hmm. I think that's all of the boxes mm-hmm. I think we can check. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I try to stay apolitical on it. You know, I don't, uh, and I try to stay pretty unbiased in my views and opinions. Right. So, um, a lot of what I make my decisions are on is research and stuff like that. Right. So, and I'm an interesting guy to talk to because while I come from the side that you would imagine I would, I try and come at it a religious mm-hmm. because I don't expect people who don't hold the same religious convictions as me to agree with my religious convictions like that, which is always something I appreciate <laughs> from anybody. I mean, this um, seems so obvious. Like, well, 
you don't believe what I believe, but I think you should believe what I believe. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so I guess you have questions? Well, I would say um, the, the framework for this is always I feel like people who are in, in – and unfortunately, it's kind of come down to this place of camps. Like there's there's camp pro-life and there's camp pro-choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like both camps, um, unfortunately, um, just kind of characterize the other camp as, you know, the, you're the, the evil. Villains. You're the baby killer. Yeah. Right. And I'm the woman hater. Yeah. That's that's how this argument always goes. Right. And <clears throat> I think, you know, I... I like to say I'm pro-choice but not pro-abortion. And I think a lot of people feel that way. I think – I don't think anybody's pro-abortion, really, if you yeah. think about it. Nobody's running out could... trying to get one. Right. And, <laughs> you know, overall, fundamentally, I believe that to keep – you know, I want the abortion rate to be low because I feel like it's just healthier for everybody and, and it's just best for – Everybody involved um, on either sides. So uh, personally, I think that that involves more than just the abortion being legality. You know, it involves things like public sexual education um, and birth control and access to birth control and health insurance. You know, it's, it's really complicated. Oh, well, yeah. And I, and I don't disagree with, with all of those things. In fact, what I would say is I think that – so for my – position, I would circle around and say all of the funding that goes to performing abortions, plus a lot more that that is funding that is would be available if we were just across the board against mm-hmm. killing people. Um, mm-hmm. We would we would have a lot of funding for public services for women with unplanned pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And um, but I so there's, there's all these ancillary things. We're gonna, I'm sure we're gonna hit a thousand different things. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting to to say where do we start from. So if you're to say the the core driving principle of your position on being um, pro-choice, you know the, the, what inca- what drives that is this value. The most important thing is. Um, the most important thing is. It, the pro-choice is basically what happened before in pro-choice, you know, you think of it in terms of law. Cause that's really what you're arguing is, is if you think there should be laws outlawing abortion or Roe versus Wade overturned basically. Um, and, and not so fundamentally, I feel like if you look at, you know, what it was like back in the sixties and the fifties before, before Roe versus Wade, that decision you know, and there were rooms dedicated or not rooms, wings of hospitals dedicated to abortion injuries and the death. That's where I come from. That's that's the big, you know, um, driving factor for me being pro-choice. And then there's always the the side of the physicians. And we've had this talk, I think, before in the driveway <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, you can you can outlaw certain procedures and not have it still protect that sanctity of life while also be being you know giving some protection to the physicians so they don't aren't criminalized because that's always my fear is that if a law were to be enacted that a physician doing something like a dnc for a miscarriage could be classified as an abortion and then both the mom and the physician are penalized somehow 
So it's just a little bit muddy. Yeah, that's. Um, I get that as as far as the slippery slope. So if abortion is just across the board made illegal, mm-hmm. the, the what about, right? So what about right. uh, ectopic pregnancy? Mm-hmm. What about, what about, what about? Um, and it feels like, I feel like this doesn't hold as much water because there's already ways to do that. You know, I mean, there's already, because you don't classify an abortion when, it's, it's not an abortion when a woman has an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage. Right. It, or I a mean, stillbirth. It's technically an abortion because it's spontaneous. It's just not a, a right a facilitated abortion. But yes, but we're in places where where abortion is illegal. Mm-hmm. Those things still do happen, and yeah, you, you don't hear about these cases where right doctors are. <laughs> that's probably you know that's true. I don't actually. I know in the United States, I believe abortion is illegal past twenty four weeks, and I don't think. I have no idea what it is internationally. So I don't every know country do. is a little bit different. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I know a lot, but I know one of the one of the ones that gets talked about a lot is Romania. Um, really? Yeah, and it's because um, both camps kind of use this uh, for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. And I guess in 1966 or something like that, abortion became illegal, where it once was legal. And Interesting. I, I believe that that is the case, or or maybe it just wasn't illegal because it was just like this practice that had never no laws had ever been in, enacted or enforced on it. But anyways, pro-choice advocates say, well, what you see is this huge spike in all of these um, uh, injuries from abortion, and this huge spike in all of this and all of that. And I I get it. Oh, from when abortion <clears throat> is illegal, yeah. Then, then self, yeah, yeah. But. Um, the other side, of course, says, "Well, what you're what you're actually seeing is um, more of those cases going to the hospital mm-hmm. versus when it was a procedure that wasn't done at all. These mm-hmm. these women were just suffering at home and dying. I mean, the procedure wasn't wasn't done in hospitals, right? And you know, they're still not really done in hospitals. They're pretty much outpatient um, procedures, and yeah. they there's." I could get into the different types of abortions and stuff, but I don't think you really want to know all that. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. And it this, you know, the, the whole thing about Planned Parenthood does or doesn't provide abortions. I know three women who've talked to me about having an abortion. All three were at Planned Parenthood. Really? Yeah. Oh, they, they absolutely do abortions. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do. Um, but uh, most of their services, though, are... You know, community health, sexual, sure. STI testing, cancer testing, stuff sure. like that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really like the – yeah, I didn't even know that somebody didn't argue that they didn't. And I, I thought that was just accepted. Yeah. Well, Planned Parenthood makes that argument. And the way that they make oh, that – they do? Yeah. The way they Same. make the argument is essentially they say nobody – you know, Planned Parenthood doesn't do abortions, meaning the company. So they, they just outsource third-party – they pay for it, <laughs> but they don't do mm-hmm. it. Well, uh, that's tricky. I know that there's some misunderstanding a little bit on the federal funds because, yes, federal funds go to Planned Parenthood, but technically they're not allowed to be used on abortions. Right. So, but, but I don't know. Um, we just had a talk at school, actually, not that long ago, of a, an abortion provider in, in Des Moines that I used to work with in Ames. I had no idea she moved down here and was doing abortions, but... Um, yeah, she was talking about it was all about the law that Iowa was was passing, which is in limbo, I believe, right now. That's what that it was really educational, but 
Well, it was uh, that's the fetal heartbeat law. It was signed mm-hmm. into law, um, and it is currently the law. Now it's been challenged. Yes, <clears throat> but I believe nobody's enforcing it right now. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I'd be surprised if they. So here, th- this kind of leads to where my driving value in this is. I believe that um, a conceived child is a human being, mm-hmm. and if it's a human being, then it should have all of the rights afforded to any human being. Mm-hmm. So is there any, for you, is there any point in time, is there a certain like gestation time or is it just at conception? Well, here's, um, to be entirely honest, I don't know, but what I can tell you is I don't think that you can, like I haven't, we haven't figured out like a scientific test. There's no, you know, person o meter yet that <laughs> you know we can scan a woman's abdomen and be like it's a person mm-hmm. turns out it's eight and a half weeks um i don't know but i i err in the on the side of if we can't know for sure but we know that at some point for sure what mm-hmm. we do know for sure is at some point it's a human being with that is a person it'll eventually get there <laughs> i mean if everything goes okay so if we're wrong then we're murdering people right and yeah, I, I, that's more of a, it's definitely a higher level of thinking religiously than what I have. <laughs> well, it, again, I, it's, it's not a religious thing. I, I setting aside my religion, well, I it, think it's bad to it's murder It's only a religious thing because I don't think like in that sphere at all. So like I, well, you think in this sphere in some ways, I mean, you, you know that your children are alive. Yeah. I, just, I mean, maybe have Sometimes. for like the last hour you can't be positive. <laughs> I'm not even sure where they are right now. <laughs> but like, you know, you know that your kids are a person. Right. But, you know, like we've talked a little bit about before, it's, it's once that thing inside you is independent and able to live by itself. To me, that's more easier to understand as a person than before, which is about... Living on their own without a mom, I think it's about 24 weeks is it's that, capable. No, it's more like 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond. Well, how do you know? Well, so You're this old. Is, this is only what, 16? Right. No, I'm, I'm gauging the community <laughs> I live in. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair My enough. neighbors. <laughs> people who live and go to church here. Yeah, yep. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Brother-in-law who's still at home. I think he's 34 <laughs> or something insane. Uh yeah, so uh, that's the thing. Like, it's we're trying to find those markers, and and I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest and, and tip my my hand to say I kind of wish you know like there's there's part of me that wants to be pro-choice mm-hmm. because I'm empathetic for the plight of women, mm-hmm. but that empathy for the plight of women does not um, supersede if indeed this is a person. Right. And I feel like I have the same type of like part of me wants to be pro life. Like, I don't even know. I don't know if because I want to be an ob I don't know if I'm going to learn abortion procedures. I'm still conflicted because I don't because I do have kids. And it's not saying that. And actually, um, just a quick stat that's interesting. Uh, 60 percent of those that get abortions already have children, which is kind of surprising if you think about it, because I feel like before I had kids, it wouldn't have been like, I would have probably trained and not thought too much about it. Um, 
But afterwards, I just don't know <coughs> if I could feel comfortable doing it. See, now that does not surprise me at all because the three women I know who had them all had kids before they had their abortion. Really? And I can tell you <clears> – now, this is this is my opinion. It's mm-hmm. just like I'm going off of my own discernment. I feel like they were living and, and like fully embracing this willful lack of consideration and thought. Like hmm. they were like – I don't think that it's a a child. I don't think it's a person at however many weeks. So I, you know, it wasn't an issue. I have, I have kids that are, that are real. They're persons, but this, you know, whatever number of weeks it is, that's not a person. And I, I assume they had theirs very very early then. I don't think so. Oh, really? And, um, this is where, I mean, I I can be kind of a jerk. (laughs) There's no question about it. (laughs) Yeah, I could be an asshole. So, um, but in, in that exact moment, I'm never going to be like, well, here, let me show you how you are wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you can't, you can't, mm-hmm. but I can't come to a place where I can say with any amount of certainty, because if, if you use that, that metric of if they are able to survive on their own, if they're mm-hmm. they're whatever, apart from the mom, that's not a two year old. No, I mean, how old is Owen? Owen's four. four. Could he live on his own? No, <laughs> not right. even close. He he couldn't even live like. Would he make it a with day my ten year old? <laughs> like right. he, uh, I sent my kids over not that long ago because he got into raw Spanish peanuts because he has a peanut allergy. Right. Why would you eat raw Spanish peanuts of all things? Why wouldn't you eat like a Reese's of like the things that you could eat? They don't right. even taste good. I actually kind of like raw Spanish peanuts. That's insane. I like peanuts maybe. a lot. Do you? I do. I love them. I'm just like, that's yeah, it's so almost much. dangerous that Owen comes over to our house. I know. <laughs> There's peanuts everywhere. <laughs> I know. That's good we'll for his and, immune system. <laughs> we'll try and clean that up when summer comes. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're a big peanut family. Uh, I used to be. <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> so, you know, it's it's that's a tough metric for me to adopt to say, well, when they can survive on their own. Because it's just mm-hmm. – it's, it's true. Like, it, And I don't think any – I mean, I had an online conversation with a guy once who said he doesn't believe that until they're sentient. And I said, you realize that. So 22? Well, it, it, about 18 months is when they, they most psychiatrists. Like object permanence and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Like that's when they gain sentience. And I was like, so you'd be cool with like moms being able to be like, nah, I'm going to nope out of this situation and just uh, smother my 18 month old. And he said, yeah. What? I see so now again. It's online. Could just be oh, a yeah, troll. Yeah. Like just yeah. be an, an idiot. But I just I had somebody online not that long ago. Kind of a segue <laughs> that she was on on an instant pot group, and for some reason, people on those groups get absolutely idiotic when they talk about their food. But I was trying to explain to somebody that you know sodium chloride is perfectly fine for you, and just saying like just because something sounds scary, it doesn't mean it's bad for you. And she was like, um. Sodium is a metal and chloride is a gas. I am not eating that. I'm like, you can't live without yeah. it. Like, <laughs> Also, it's delicious on popcorn. <laughs> yes. Like some people online just don't have their brains working. It's like they turn it off and just start typing. 
Yeah. It's just, I don't understand it. But I tried to, I really try to stay off that type of stuff. But yeah, there was a meme going around um, before memes were memes. Like 10 years ago, <laughs> my, my, I think it was my uncle sent around the email. The classic one of margarine is so bad for you. you oh, God. Now, again, it's only one molecule away from plastic. From yeah. plastic. And, and I get, like formaldehyde <laughs> is one molecule away from water. Guess which one you don't want to drink. Right. The, my response was, well, there's this other thing that's out there that is one molecule away from being an explosive gas, which, yeah. you know, is water. So, yeah. Like, molecules matter. Yeah, they do. They really do. And I, I, I've seen that many times and people hate me online because I'm like, spoiler alert, yeah. not how that works. Science and stuff. <laughs> There's one going around right now. Drink peach syrup <clears throat> for the stomach flu. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a placebo. Yeah. That's what you're getting. Yeah. But so if it's not if it's not you know able to survive on its own, if mm-hmm. it's not um, that, then I, I move to. The, the argument is, well, it isn't a person because I don't want it. I don't, I, I don't understand that argument. Well, the argument that I, I just had this with a buddy of mine who lives in Minnesota who is mm-hmm. – um, he's pro-choice. He says that the, the culture and the community gets to make a decision on what we value. And if we say as a community that we do not value the unborn, then we do not value the unborn and they are able to be killed. So is he saying that since like where he lives, maybe since it's acceptable, he's what's that? Does that mean he's going to America? Oh, okay. I mean, and he's he's of the opinion and and he's consistent. That's so weird. Well, what I like about it is his consistent. Now, what I don't like about it is oh, that's good. applying that consistency because he's all for the elderly because we do not value them. I mean, the people that work at nursing homes value them, but I have often heard the um, argument that they are a drain on society once they get a certain age and they can't work and, and stuff anymore. But that's, I mean, his point was regardless, we don't value them. So why why do we keep them around? That's just so weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, yeah, I don't I don't know if I would um, learn abortion procedures, but I'm pretty positive I will also like be supportive of those that choose to do it. You know, I'm not. Right. So, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from there. But does it do you find any conflict in that of what if it is killing somebody? What if what is killing somebody? What abortion. If abortion? I mean, it, it it is not not really. I just to me it's more of putting it sounds hard to say, but it is kind of putting one life over the other. You know, it is kind of valuing the life of the mom a little bit more than now um that's in the very early abortions, which are um, where when most of the abortions happen. Ninety nine percent is before twenty four weeks, and eighty percent before ten. So it's still a lot after ten, and it's interesting that there is a difference in view at that very early point. Because you know, like you were saying, you weren't sure, so you would probably more or less err on the side that that's a human. Where I think a lot of us have the opinion that a baby before, you know, at that early stage, that really very early 
stage isn't isn't really a person yet. So I know it's it's weird. But what makes it a person? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you talk about, you know, heartbeats, heartbeats around six weeks, it's a microscopic heart. Um, would I consider it a person? No. Um, it doesn't have a, a cortex, um, a, you know, the big, big part of your brain in the front, the frontal cortex. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't have that yet. Um, that doesn't develop until about, it starts about 24 weeks. And then it finishes around 26. That's why I think 24 weeks is like kind of the magic number, especially since a lot of pro-life people like to um, talk about, you know, when they can feel pain and they don't get they have pain receptors before 24 weeks, weeks, but they can't understand that it's pain until about 24 to 28. So. But after that point, I think virtually all abortions are due from serious life-threatening medical complications. And providers need to be able to, you know, provide that service. You know, if the baby's, if the baby's already, you know. I had a friend actually that her baby's heartbeat was only half of what it was for like the first 12 weeks. And obviously she wanted that baby very badly, but she had to have an abortion. Um through no fault of her own, no choice of her own. So that's just kind of, I, I think more in the rosy picture mm-hmm. of, of I try to not think about the people that use it as, as a birth control technique. Cause you know, there are terrible people out there that do that. Yeah. I went to high school with somebody that had like three or four abortions <laughs> for, and it's just, uh, yeah, I get it. It's uh, nobody really, we ought, we ought to not, you know, concern ourselves too much with the margins where yeah, people are more extreme. Yeah. But, um, I, those things make me nervous again, back to, you know, what I'm, what I'm not sure about, um, is there, is there a time when it's not a person? Well, if, if we can't know, mm-hmm. then I, I feel like we err on the side of don't kill. Yeah. But, um, just, just kind of coming back to things like, why don't I, why wouldn't I uh, embrace something like well, a micro heart or um, frontal lobe cortex pain receptors, that kind of stuff is because in fully birthed, <laughs> you know, live grown up people, we've got all kinds of, of strange heart things. Um, mm-hmm. Dick Cheney doesn't have a heart. <laughs> he's no? got he's got like um, isn't he, doesn't he have like that the motorized thing? I don't think so. I think he's got like a like a. It's not a heart. It's like an Iron Man thing. Almost. He probably has a defibrillator <clears throat> pacemaker. Is my guess. Man, I think he's got like one of the Something. very first mechanical hearts. I was under the impression that you're like confined to a hospital bed with those. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a heart. We could Google it because well, I, I know there was at least <laughs> one guy who who has that, and because I, I always thought it was so weird when the story came out, I was like, so they doesn't have a heartbeat. I know it. I know it's happened. I definitely yeah. know that it, it has happened a few times. How weird would it be to not have a pulse? I don't know. Cause it's constantly just circulating blood. It would freak me out. Right. <laughs> it would freak me out. So, but anyways, so like micro heart, like the size of your heart doesn't seem like a good indication. Yeah. You know, how big does a heart have to be? And I think a lot of people, tend to link it towards your brain because you know if 
in in an adult person or, or not an adult person, if you're brain dead, then and you have no brain activity, then they they do cut you off life support, which is a whole nother right. issue that I think is you know medical ethics issue that I don't really know that much about. I do know that much though that that person is brain dead. There's no chance of that's you know on the other side of the spectrum. Well, and the, the other side of the spectrum is important because an adult who has no brain function, we might look at that and say. It, well, and, and you. This is why it's it's great that you've got this medical background. Is it a hundred percent sure that they will never get brain function back? It's kind of case by case, isn't it? I think it is, but it's like like it depends on the diagnosis and what happened. Yeah. But I believe if if you know the the EEG is what they use to measure brain function, yep. and they don't have any other you know brainstem function with with their their that controls their breathing and other stuff even though they have a heartbeat mm-hmm. i i believe at that point they can't they yeah. can't come nothing can yeah i think it's involving the brainstem but yeah. i don't know for sure i just had a um, tough case this last week it's actually distant like a friend of a friend mm-hmm. kind of a thing from living faith <clears throat> i'm more like family but don't want to give out too many details um yeah. slipped and fell whacked his head and um lost all all brain activity is gone. Really? And um, so that it happened over the weekend, and, and they have since removed it from life support, and he died. So <clears throat> I have crickets stuck in my throat. <laughs> Do you need some water? I've been drinking water, and it's like like this, like this a little bug is stuck in there. Um, <clears throat> Do you think Isaac would eat these? Yes. Oh, God. I don't think Phoebe would eat them. I do not think Mateo would, would eat, eat them, them, and none of the triplets would either, but... Isaac and Phoebe for sure would eat those. I I could see a couple of um, Zeke or Malachi eating them because they're mm, all into mm. bugs. They probably aren't thinking of them to eat. Correct. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to eat them. I'll try it tonight though for sure. Just tell them it's a really strange looking peanut. Yeah. Bug-shaped peanut. Bug-shaped. Again, not bad. Um, <laughs> but back to this like adult losing yes. brain function, not likely to gain it back or – for sure not going to gain it back or unsure of. But a an unborn child, it's almost certain that they will gain brain function. Most of them. They will. It's more yes. than most. It is the well, vast I mean, you can have, majority. You're right. It is the vast majority. <laughs> but you can have have certain cases where no cortex develops. Sure. Sure. Which, um, and then you can have... You know, the the cases with the Zika and the microcephaly. And I sure. think they live for a short period of time out, outside the womb, but I, I'm not. Right. I'm pretty sure they don't go on to live. There might be one or two cases that have, right. but yeah. But like, I mean, birth defects and those sorts of things in the U.S. especially are very low. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's thing, things of that nature. Um, I mean, I don't know the, again, I don't prepare for these podcast at all. I did a little bit. <laughs> so what what is the birth defect rate in the US? I bet it's one in I a did thousand? not look at that actually. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I know that down syndrome is the most common birth um if you're gonna call it a defect, a defect. Right. Um but I could always look real quick. And see this is where the, the inconsistency bugs me because on the one hand Except I don't have internet here. Oh I have I have some internets. I have some of the webs um, I did want to – I don't know if you – can you like mention other podcasts on your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, one of my sources for – and I knew most of the information going into it, but there's a podcast called Science Versus, 
and they basically look at uh, you know a nonpartisan, and they look at what science is saying about certain issues. They did a really cool one on guns and immigration, and um, they did one on abortion. And they went back and listened to that, and they they even you know read some anecdotes from. They went to an abortion clinic in Texas, and they had a they had a book there where um, patients would write things in there, and they read some anecdotes in there from that were really sad to hear, but it was a really good podcast. Right. And then um, another one is the Turnaway Study, which is an interesting study too. If you're just looking to see, um, if you're looking to compare a group of women who had abortions versus the group of lo- women that wanted them but weren't able to get them, they compared those and looked at some um, effects basically of what happened. Mm-hmm. If you got one and if you didn't get one and compared the two. So again, I, I keep coming back to if from the starting point where I think most people who are pro-life start from is mm-hmm. it's a person. Mm-hmm. So if you were to weigh the differences in like manner to that podcast of people who got aborted and people who didn't get aborted, 50% of them are dead. Well, this is more talking <laughs> about the moms. <laughs> so I'm saying, but yes. if they're persons, then the moms are only half of the people involved. True. They didn't the all the children. But yeah, they did because they're dead. True. <laughs> they, they but we can not. talk to you. You weren't aborted. <laughs> no, but if you follow the kids of parents that want an abortion, that might show you a lot. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, which is yeah. It, so the the stat I found from the CDC is three percent of U.S. babies, um, which is about one hundred twenty thousand born per year, are born with any of forty five types of birth defects. Mm-hmm. Down syndrome is the most. So, well, and that's, that's a good example, too, of there are those – this is that inconsistency I don't like. There are those who would say, do the test to see if your child has Down syndrome in utero, abort if it does. Um, you know, that's, that's a really hard topic. Um, I actually – with Olivia, they told me I had a 1 in 10 chance of having a baby with Down syndrome. And I didn't know what to do. Um, they offered. I went in and had the ultrasound and did all that genetic counseling that they make you do. And they offered me an amnio, but I declined because there weren't any other signs on the ultrasound because there are certain things they look for. And they said, and they also miscalculated my due date. So they actually, uh, and it turns out that test that they use is not very. It's not real accurate. No, it's not. And I didn't know that until. They were saying there were a lot of false positives like that, especially if the mom was young. And I didn't have any idea until like two months ago when I went to DMU on a Down syndrome talk. Like they had people in there. And, you know, Down syndrome's it's it's such a it's such a different, you know, you can have a spectrum. It can be really good, you know, that that child that was born with Down syndrome can be a productive member of society. And I think they, they've they been able even, even to go to college. Sure. And then you can have some that aren't able to, to live by themselves. Sure. So that's really um, but hard. But I don't think anybody in either camp, pro-life, pro-choice, is like, well, this Down syndrome person who's 10, 10 years old, we should kill them. Or we should no. have, we should even have the conversation about it. No, but, th- but that's when they utero, talk about <laughs> when it's that right, and that's when they talk about more of an adoption route. I think you know that's that's the right. preferred alternative, right? Um, for a lot of people, but at the same time, adoption has its own uh, risks and 
Sure. And you know, mud associated with it, especially from the mom's standpoint, you know, because yeah, sure. birth is a really traumatic experience for some. Um, oh, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Again, I'm really glad you're a mom. <laughs> I know, right? So we can have this perspective. I like to try to say, you know, I did the hard work on having the kids to my husband. Like, you go feed them tonight or something. He's like, Pfft. You were sleeping. They woke you up each time. I'm like, that's true. <laughs> well, and like, it, it is hard work. I don't know how long your labors were, but they weren't 18 years. So nope. <laughs> you yep. do have to pitch in a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's it's another, there's there's a Down Syndrome support organization in Kansas City. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah. But. I've got some friends who've got Down's kids and they're just, I mean, they're amazing people and mm-hmm. their kids I've not met the kids, but just what they show on online. They're cool people. They're cool families. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel like I could be wrong, but I don't think that the people, that there are people like that that ultimately seek abortion. I feel like it's more somebody that's, that's, um, scared kid. Right. Well, it's probably mostly financially motivated. And, yeah. and I think that that's what the numbers were saying is that um, 40% of the people that get abortions is for financial reasons. And if you got to think about, you know, if you're bringing a child into this world that has special needs, you know, what are you going to do if you have no money? What if you're living in poverty and it's just a terrible situation? Yes, adoption is a good one. But at the same time, there are some families that want to adopt a Down syndrome baby, but they're not always guaranteed. And you know, delivering a baby and going through all of that, it's just, I sympathize with the mom. Well, empathize a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I can't a empathize because I don't have a uterus, but I do sympathize. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> so you do. I'm, that's, that's where I say, like, I, I wish I could be. But this, this value of the solution can't be if it's a person and a person's life because I, I just can't ever, I can't get to that spot where I want to end somebody's life. Right. Is there any exceptions to the um, the pro-life rule? Is like what? What about like rape and incest? What do you? So there again, um, I I would say that if there is, and, and I'm I'm not well educated in the physical health sciences enough to say mm-hmm. this is the spot, but ectopic pregnancy is an easy one, right? Right. That, that kid ain't gonna live. The right, actually, there's been one birth. Really, um, I believe it was not a tubal pregnancy, of course, because okay. that will kill the mom. But it was an extra uterine, like in the abdomen, pregnancy. And there's been one case of it where extra uterine, like outside the uterus. Yes. Whoa. Yeah, like outside of the uterus, outside of the tubes, like just in your abdomen. Um, I think one. There's been one case, but I could be wrong. That's weird. But I think there's been one case. Huh, okay. But at the same time, you can't let all those moms die that are having two <laughs> right, pregnancies. Right. right. And it that's a weird case. Like the, the one out of a billion or nine mm-hmm. billion, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I would say those those were the, the certainty is uh, very high, um, almost 99.9 percent like a like a tubal pregnancy. This is not yeah. not going to go. Yeah. Outside of that. I don't draw a hard line and it's not that I'm callous towards the plight of the woman, but in just in the, the, I hate to call it the arithmetic of violence. We've got one person who is 
irrevocably injured. A woman has been raped. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no unraping. There's, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I know how bad it is, is what I want to say. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. um, to abort the child is to end a life and, and result in now two victims. So we, we have increased our, our number of victims 100%. So then what would be the alternative solution, do you think? Do you think, because what, what if that, that victim of rape was like 14? You can't, you can't force her to take care of a kid. You can't force her to do adoption no. either, though. So what? No, I, I think it's that. It's interesting. I think that what we, well, and, and we've had some conversations about um, <clears throat> socialized medicine in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think that the socialized aspect of that situation is such where that child gets services far beyond I, I'm calling that 14 year old a child. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just M. She is. Um, yep. Yeah, children having children is is a, is a tough thing. So that that child having a child gets services far beyond anything that we can imagine. Yeah, I could see that because they would need obviously medical services, but psychiatric services, 100. percent Yeah, lots and, of them. And I think universal basic income. Like at that yeah, point, for that some people, like guess what this this horrific thing happened to you. Um, you, you do an average of what income is in that area and mm-hmm. you go, you, you get 50 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, then I feel like somebody could have used the system. Hey, I'm 14. Knock me up. I'll say you raped me. I'll have 50 K for life at 14. Yeah. Except for we take that guy who <laughs> raped you. <laughs> I mean, he has to want to live in prison. prison. <laughs> and free shelter. Maybe he's homeless. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't feel like that's going to be maybe a handful out of the hundreds of millions of people, but I don't I don't think we work towards the margins. No. You know, it's I don't think that there's going to be girls looking to get rape, fake rape. I, I hate to even I know. <laughs> I don't like it either. I don't right? I don't like saying that that's a possibility. I don't like yeah. I think my gut reaction is always just believe everybody. Right. Well, every woman. Because even though I know that that's not the case, not every single woman is, you know, truthful. But that's my gut reaction. Well, yeah, I, I think women have not been believed enough. Yeah. And so I, I think that if you're going to just build a scale, it's tipped slightly in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the concept of if if it is a living human... I feel that there is no way to get around to, to value the life of the mother over and above an unborn child. I, I can't figure out what, what the met, what the math looks like to say these are both humans, and <clears throat> because they're both they're both alive, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we can say that this one has been born, and therefore is more valuable than this one that has not been born. Yeah, I mean. But once that one is born. (laughs) It depends. If you're talking post 24 weeks, I would say they're about equal. Well, I know a kid. um, I'm glad you. uh, I know a a kid who was born at 22 weeks. It's actually technically 21, I believe, is is what they've decided because nobody's ever been able to survive before 21. Yeah. So technically it's 21. um, But a lot of people say 24 because 21's. Very, very rare. You know, yeah. that, that kid at 20 weeks is very, very lucky. Right. But what about 
I mean, technically, I'm, I'm just trying to get to the, the mm-hmm. philosophical piece of it because technology is advancing. I think before too long, we'll be raising fetuses outside of moms entirely. You think so? They're doing it with a sheep right now. Yeah, but they've also cloned a sheep, and they haven't cloned any humans yet. Well, they can, but see, even they clone- can. It's pretty easy, actually. Yeah. Even even the cloning of the sheep is still not like a real cloning. Yeah, it is. Dolly's a cloned sheep. She's like a full grown sheep. Yes, if, it depends on on what your definition of cloning is. This oh. always this always annoys me with whenever a new science thing comes out, it, the clickbait headlines are always like, "Oh yeah, we cloned. just." I haven't actually read anything about cloning. All I know about it is actually what they taught me in science class. Right. Which is, um, they didn't like. They can't like take DNA from a mammoth and clone it. Yes, I don't believe. Nope, they cannot. But what they can do is take like a sheep's egg. Yeah. Take the nucleus out. Yep. And then put a new one in there, and that would be the the right. the nucleus from the. But you still got to start yes. with an egg. You still got to start with other stuff. Like right. there's all these right. other things you still got to. I mean, it, fine if it, but. Even that doesn't really weird me out because I have clones living in my house. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just means the it's two people much... have the same DNA and that's... They are identical, aren't they? Uh-huh. Like, I forgot about that. They don't look... This summer I started like... Finally there was, happened. There was one day this summer I looked at them and I'm like, I know who you are now. <laughs> it does, it, they don't look at all alike to me. And I used to laugh when people were like, oh, but my twins don't look... I'm like, dude, your twins are identical. Like, mm-hmm. You can't tell them apart. But like, when you're around them all the time... I do away. get a little fuzzy when they're like across the street, unless Malachi's wearing his glasses. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I get fuzzy on it. Yeah, when they're down the block or something, when they're not right in front of me, or sitting Adam's down, Adam's still clueless, yeah. he still guesses. <laughs> but I think that's just a guy thing. Yeah, yeah sitting down, facing away, I'm still like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'll just yell a name. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, the that that whole if, if it's a person, then. I don't – it doesn't make sense to me that if it's inside or outside, now, you know, inside can't kill it. Outside, now you can kill it. No. That seems weird. Especially – there's places like Wisconsin and I know because there was a case there not too long ago. But some places, if a woman is pregnant at 21 weeks and is shot in the abdomen, this is what happened in Wisconsin. Um, father of the child didn't want her to have the child, wanted her to have abortion. She wanted to keep the baby Shot her in the abdomen, baby dies, she lives, he's charged with murder. Charged with murder. If I'm not mistaken, um, Scott, what's his name that killed his pregnant wife? Um, in California, that one? Yeah. yeah. He, um, Lacey was her name. Yeah. I cannot remember the Peterson, last name. Peterson, Peterson yes. that's it. If I'm not mistaken, that actually was the motivation toward a federal law that made that I think it's federal. Is it really? I think so. That made that See, um, it seems so two counts. Weird. <laughs> so. I know it is. It is weird that you have that. It is a double standard, if you will. You know, of abortion and then also criminalized death. Like, so it, I mean, the determinative factor, the the thing has to be the woman wants it mm-hmm. versus doesn't want it. Yeah. Which which kind of begs the next question of, what about the dude? That that that's interesting too because you know, dudes shouldn't get you know they shouldn't say you need an abortion and then if the mom doesn't 
doesn't want that. That shouldn't be the, but should they say, I want to keep the baby. And then should he have any right to that baby before a certain, or at any point in time during pregnancy? I would like to think yes, because I like to keep everything pretty equal among genders, you know, equality. You know, I don't think that women should have special rights. I don't think men should have special rights. I would like to think that way, but at the same time, it is her body. And yes, there's a living thing in there. And really, until he can take care of that legal that that life outside of her, then that's different. I you know well, I, I don't know. I look at it from the other direction, where I say, if if I were really pro-choice, like if if I got to a place where I said, oh no, okay, I can tell you that not a person, and I'm all pro-choice, then I would flip the script and say, actually, if a guy says I don't want that baby. And the woman chooses to have the baby. I'm not paying child support. The guy shouldn't have to pay child support. We didn't have to, does he? If he doesn't sign the birth certificate, I'm pretty sure. He doesn't oh have no! To. Oh yeah. Uh, she just takes him to court, does a paternity test. You're the father. And he signs his rights away. Like you can do that. You're still it, on the hook for child support. <laughs> not if you sign your rights away. Yeah, you're. I don't think so. Yeah, you can't just get a. You can't just have sex. Baby born, sign a piece of paper that says, I don't have to pay child support. <laughs> I think you can, but you have no legal right to that child. Like, as in... Correct. Like, no, you, you can't see it or anything. You don't... No. That's not your kid anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah, you gotta, gotta pay for kids. Hmm. No, There's no free lunch on I, that one. I was a lucky pregnant at 18 where I am still married to that, you know, that man. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where I was gonna... <laughs> Moron, chump, jackass. <laughs> I mean... Hey, Adam, how you doing? <laughs> that, um, I don't know if you – I'm just recently getting into podcasts, right? I've okay. been listening to them like crazy. It's been driving my husband nuts. One of my favorite ones by far is My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Have you listened to it? Uh-uh. Write it down. My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. They're an advice show, right? So they get questions sent into them, and then they give crappy advice. That's their whole thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was, there was a term of endearment that came out of one of the shows I listened to one day. Um, I kind of called Adam this joking last night. He didn't listen. So he was like, what the hell are you talking about? But I called him Badoodly Kitten. (laughs) And he's like, where did you hear that? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Why doesn't the man get to decide if that child is... Because it's in, in her body. I get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But she shouldn't have the the ability and the right to, to then say, no, I get to choose what's happening to you the rest of the next 18 years of your life. Yeah, I don't. So this, this whole like inconsistency, like if I find the only way to find that consistency of logic is to come to the conclusion it's a person regardless if somebody wants that person or not. I think it's just a just a I think I think probably everybody pro choice views a baby as a person. It's just whether or not they think that that person is is going to if that person is preceded over by the mom. I don't know if that makes sense. If person is that person is as valuable as the mom. Right. It, kind of. Yeah. So at that point, when is that point where they're equal in rights? Yeah, that really drives it home for me. Like I, 
it kind of cements me in another place where I don't, I get nervous about being okay as a culture and society deciding these people are more valuable because it feels like we've done that mm-hmm. and it didn't go well at any time we've ever done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the ones that are brown are, they're not people. <laughs> like, and then, okay, other people, fine. We have this whole civil war thing and then. Fine, I guess, but they're but not as important as us. I don't see any babies picketing on the streets, not in womb. Yeah, I mean, that's true, <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, yeah. So there is this the one lady I've seen who was a failed abortion. You seen videos have, of her? Oh. I have not because I don't want to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like um, there are a couple adults out there that have. Um, spoken out a little bit about abortion and stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's really sad. How old are they? Oh, she's got to be in her 50s? 60s? Yeah, so that would have been like a failed abortion. I guess it's almost 2020. It's not 2000 anymore. Yeah. And, but, it, you know, it was, it's a, it was a, a procedure that I, I, I think is less common today, but still. Mm-hmm. But her her point is to say... Regardless of all the, it really did cause a lot of physical damage and trauma for her it, whole yeah, life. It probably was pre Rover's weight. <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. But for her point was to say, look, <laughs> it turns out I'm a person. Mm-hmm. You know, she was, she was aborted and the, the pregnancy was terminated because they, I think they put something inside the uterus and it flushes the child in that process. I don't know. 99.9%. Yeah. Old techniques. So, yeah. But she didn't die. And so now she's alive on the table, and they're like, well, we can't kill her. Yeah. (laughs) Because now she's out. So, do you know what gestation she was when she was born? I don't call. It was late term, but I don't call. I recall how late. Um, Interesting. So, there's that, that, that survived abortion. Not wanted is not a baby. So did this thing to to end it from make it no longer be alive. But now it's outside. Still, nobody wants this baby. We just tried to kill it, but yeah. now it's a person. Yeah, I mean, it moved twelve inches. I I do I do pretty much think of anything before eight weeks almost as not a person. I guess, and I guess that's kind of my thinking. I don't know. And so you put it at frontal cortex yeah. development, and that's even at. Like 24 weeks, that's pretty, but, you know, anything, definitely anything before 16 weeks, I typically think it's probably not a person. At 10 to 16, I get a little gray. But, yeah, that's probably where my, I guess you'd say, hard line. I think of it, I think of the, um, the embryo, I don't even know what stage it would be called. I think it's an embryo at that point. Well, I, no, I know they're to like nine weeks. It's a, it's, it's a fetus at like maybe five to six. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I, I still view it more like a bundle of cells. That's how I and and yes, it's life. Yes, it's it will technically be a person, but it's it's interesting to think that life begins at you know conception. Technically, your sperm and your egg were alive before they mm-hmm. met, so. Life wasn't really created, is it? Well, I would. It's like a philosophical question. No, it's a good question. Um, so, from the perspective of my camp and my my people, 
We go, well, yeah, just like I have skin cells that are alive mm-hmm. and none of my skin cells turn into people. And I have sperm cells. If you put it in the right lab, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they have figured out that they can make a baby with two eggs. It's still sort of kind of because I, I read that sort article kind of, too. But they can. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense because really all you need is just more genetic information. But you need you need a um, already fertilized egg. That's the thing. Yeah, because they they Are you sure. Yep, because it, this always comes up, and I'm I'm interested in this stuff because of embryo adoption in my mm-hmm. family. And oh how, yeah, yeah. How weird we are. So every time You're I see weird. this, You're unique. <laughs> so I see these things crop up, and I've gotten to that point now where I just go. All right, what level of bullshit is this? I don't even ask if it is. So Mm -hmm. it says, you know, for the first time ever, we're able to take these cells, you know, and create a person, like, inside of a fertilized embryo. In my defense, I did not actually read the article. (laughs) (laughs) In my defense, I I don't know what I'm talking about. I just saw the the headline and thought, oh, that's neat. (laughs) And and that's why they do that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, but if you click on it and you read it, you're like, oh, so it's a fertilized embryo. They're just gene editing, splicing in. Which, how do you feel about that stuff? Just curious now. Oh. I'm um, not, like, asking, yeah. No, I'll I'll write down, I was just going to say something. Oh, sperm and egg. Sperm and egg, and then we'll get to CRISPR. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the CRISPR babies. Yeah. Um, so sperm and egg. Is, is sperm and egg – so none of my skin cells turn into people. None of my sperm turns into people. Have you have you actually gone back and checked? <laughs> There's a lot of super appropriate things. I'm dancing around that. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> Unfertilized eggs don't turn into people. So when, when sperm and egg Wait. meet – Once. Well, yes, okay, you're right. I believe in Jesus. Fine. (laughs) Busted on my own Jesus. So, um, correct. It's, it's, uh, I go, yeah, those, those aren't, those aren't people. Mm -hmm. They're alive. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've, I've got skin cells that are alive. That's right. I keep coming back to that, the bundle of stuff. How do, why do, why do I say like the bundle of 16 cells? I go, well, we can we know what a, an alive embryo is and a dead embryo is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is you know my family. We had we had shipped to us four embryos, and they, really they thawed them to survive. They shipped to the hospital though, right? Not your like yes, home. Cor- okay, <laughs> package on my porch. Just lay down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did come FedEx, and people think I'm lying every time no, I say that. I, yeah, totally we FedEx. Get, we get crazy stuff from FedEx all the time, like. Eyeballs and stuff. We could get um, resistant STDs, <laughs> oh, like gosh. very resistant STDs. Um, uh-huh. But I actually, yes, eyeballs, hearts. I was in, yeah. um, you know, I work at Tiger Lily on the side. Yeah, yeah. And I was helping cleaning out their back room once, and and there was like a sheep heart just in like just hanging out, shrink wrapped in plastic, <laughs> just. It came out like next to like the bath bomb ingredients. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so apparently, you could just order that stuff online. Yeah, it just gets mm-hmm. shipped right to you. I guess yeah. why not? So um, they they thaw four and they looked at them and two of them survived and two didn't. Mm-hmm. So and this is not like this is a lab that does IVF treatment. This is not like right. hyper fancy geneticists. It's like yeah, you look in a microscope and go, those two are dead and those two are alive. So that ball of bundle of cells mm-hmm. are alive. I know they're human because they're not like canine mm-hmm. or some. We transferred humans to mm-hmm. Joni's uterus, so they're alive. They're human, 
and I know that they're not um, Joni, my wife. The woman knows that those cells are not her cells. Mm-hmm. So I go, what else could it be? I mean, right. It's alive. And at what point, how old were they when they got sent to you? They were day six blastuses. Okay. So, yeah, they were like maybe eight cells. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but, and they, I'm trying to think of the, the progress because, you know, yes, two of yours didn't make it. Um, but do you like grieve over that? I don't, oh, yeah. Like, sorry, well, I don't mean to like. No, 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 not at all. And it's a different kind of grieving yeah. because, you know, from from a human perspective, it's okay to, to say that one death is more tragic than another death. Mm-hmm. So so if, if I put on my, my Jesus hat for a second, I would say for God, all death is the same sadness. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he never, we, we weren't created to die. Mm-hmm. So, like, if grandma dies and she's 94, lived a long, full life, died in her sleep, we get a tear and we say, that's sad. But, like, a 40-year-old or 30-year-old, you know, a young young mother of four kids, you're like, oh, this is super tragic. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sad that two of those, those embryos didn't survive. Mm-hmm. But I'm not as sad as if my 14 year old son was in a car accident. Right. It's a different sad. So it's, it's like, um, but I think the, 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 the fact that the sadness is different is kind of a little bit, um, leans more towards actually the pro choice, you know, because you know what I mean? I get it. Which is funny because as a physician, I, want to and will have to take the Hippocratic Oath and treat everybody, whether they're a murderer or drug dealer or whatever, just like they were the most outstanding person. Right. And I plan on doing that, you know, which is almost pro-life. Right. But the the scale is is not weighing which one is more sad based off of death. Right. Because in the case of an abortion, only half of the people die. Mm-hmm. So if I'm weighing the death of Grandma Schmidt, who's 94, versus the death of um, Mike, who's 32 and, and at, leaving behind wife and kids, I'm, I'm weighing a death versus a death, not not a death versus – to be like – that would be like Mike saying, my grandma, who's 94, if she's dead, I inherit a pile of money <laughs> and kills her. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then you go, yeah, see, you're like, yeah. Ah. And you go, well, she was almost dead anyways. Yeah, yeah. Frontal cortex wasn't really working anymore. <laughs> Doesn't oh, feel pain because she's doped up on morphine all mm-hmm. the time and entirely dependent on me. So I get to make the choice. I'm not taking care of Graham anymore. I'm just going to smother her with a pillow. <laughs> yeah, we would say, no, that's illegal. Yes. <laughs> that yes. you should go to jail for a super long time because of that. Yeah. But anyway, what I was thinking was that's still you know eight eight it's it's really crazy to me that that eight cells is and i know that that's how your kids started but it's how your kids started too it's how all the kids started. you're right you're right, you're right no mine just came like i got pregnant and there they were the next day um but it's just crazy to me that that the that bundle of cells 
is, I don't know, I don't view them quite human yet. I know they're human cells, but I, I'm very much like, I don't, it's hard. I Like, I would look under the microscope and say, cool, like, but I would not think baby, <laughs> you know? I know that that's what they become. That's but, all that they're thinking. I want to yeah. be a baby. Yeah. They're not really thinking. Well, yeah. There's so the, no cortex there yet. Right. But it's, it's, I keep coming back to, so applying that to anything outside of the womb. Like what if I were to say, okay, so this, this bundle of eight cells in 22 weeks, 24 weeks, we'll have a full functioning frontal cortex, um, all, whatever. And I, and I go, all right, now I've got this guy, Mike, who terrible car accident or motorcycle accident thing happened. I actually know a guy named Brian, who this sort of happened to, he had AVM, um, and I don't, something vascular or something in, in his brain. Oh, I thought you were talking about like an ATV. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a medical thing. A, a bundle of cells in his, in his, on his brain burst. And he was in a coma for a long time. They had to remove a piece of his skull because there's blood on the brain, which is a really yeah, bad yeah. thing. Um, so he, he came out of it. He's He's got some medical issues still, um, for sure, but he's very much alive and, and on Facebook, chats with mm-hmm. me, that kind of stuff. So the, the question is, if I go, okay, so Brian goes into a – we have to put him in a medically induced coma during this. And I say in 24 weeks, he'll be back. I go, yeah, well, I can kill him now. <laughs> he's just a lump of cells that is unconscious – doesn't feel pain. Frontal cortex is literally yeah, doing zero. It would be awkward to look at him under the microscope. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't. Yeah. It's, it's not that I don't make the connection. It's just, I, I see them as different things. Right. And it's just, you know, the process is not it as gradual as you'd think. I mean, it is, but it isn't, I, I guess. I don't know. There's certain markers at certain points in time, gestation, that make me more uncomfortable with abortion as the, if that makes sense. Right. As the fetus gets older. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Back to CRISPR. Yes. CRISPR is an interesting topic right now. It is. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this are going to disagree with me because a lot of them are a little bit more right right wing than I am. I'm all for it. Really? I actually did. I actually did CRISPR on zebrafish at Iowa State. Smooth. I know, right? Um, it, did you turn them into tigerfish? I did make them swim in circles, <laughs> and I actually felt bad. I I remember, I remember oh, in the lab, and after um, our our PhD, our teacher, it was the one that injected the embryos and then grew them up. And when we got them, we would we would count them. I don't even know how long it took—a week or two. And we had a couple of guys that didn't break out of their chorion, which is the, it's kind of like the amniotic sac mm-hmm. for fish. And, but we could still see they were alive and that was really weird. Right. And then when we popped them out, they would like swim in circles. And I was like, oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> what like, have I done? Why? But like, it was like a fully formed fish and, right. and they were swimming all weird and twitching weird. And, but at the same time, you know, what we were studying was, um, cancer basically and um one of the grad students there her main 
goal was to characterize angiogenesis, which is like the formation of yep. blood vessels, yep. blood vessels in in cancer um, tumors and stuff. So we were trying to zebrafish are really nice to study because they're they're trans translucent, transparent. Yeah. You can see their um, structures. Um, you can see their little hearts from the outside yeah. and stuff. They're really cool. Um, and we actually tagged. Uh, fluorescent protein onto their nerve cells. Nice. So we could see them, the, their their brains would fluoresce and light up. And it was really cool, but I felt kind of bad. But yeah, CRISPR is not ready to be used on humans by oh, any means. No. Like the amount of genetic stress that those fish were under, most of them didn't survive. Yeah. We're not talking about and something. I'm still like, <laughs> this guy apparently used CRISPR on these babies, on these embryos. And it's we talk a little bit about it in the lab right now. And every year, the first year MSBS students at DMU have an ethics presentation mm-hmm. with the head of research. And um, our my my new new lab mate um, Caroline, she's in our lab. She picked our lab uh, for some reason. No, um, she's doing the CRISPR. Um, she's studying all this stuff, yeah. and she's like, it's so like it's it's just happened like it's hard to find stuff but apparently this guy did CRISPR on some babies and didn't tell anybody what was happening and got like the consent was shady and now he's fled probably dead somewhere is my guess this wasn't the u.s was it this was china right i've read i read on that case too yeah but like um dr wilson my my pi scotsman said that he's like the Chinese do not like to appear unhonorable, right? So that dude is in some trouble, and I, I, I still think he's probably in Russia. Right? Just, I feel like any, any time he's, he's probably dead, actually. But if he's not, he's probably in Russia. Right? I feel like if you do anything stupid, you go to Russia. Not bad place to go. It's a little chilly in the winter. Yeah. Right. I mean, I really screwed this up. I think I'll go to Russia. Yeah. I what I read on that makes me think that it was state sponsored. That this Chinese government was was behind him doing it, but then either he screwed up and it leaked, or whatever happened happened, and then the Chinese government what? <laughs> How dare I don't you? know. I haven't actually read too much yeah. about it myself. I've just heard a lot about it in in State the lab. Sponsored. State sponsored. You think so? I do. I do know that he there was a there was a I don't remember which university here that he was working with too. Mm-hmm. And they are either under investigation or something, or okay. they supposedly that I'm not aware of. Yeah, they supposedly did the review board, um, but didn't yeah. know what was going on or something. But it is really, I mean, tragic if you think about not even from the like designer baby like standpoint, but when you think about the technology and CRISPR as a whole, it's not ready for humans yet. Right, and, I, and it's so disastrous. Yeah, for, I, I would for say. Things. Yeah, to be to be more clear about that, I am all for the perfected CRISPR in people. <laughs> I, I I do have concerns about um, people trying to jump too quick to do it in in humans. Yes. Uh, but you can like am I doing it with. We've done it with corn and soybeans now, and we're getting mm-hmm. really good at it. Mm-hmm. GMOs. Um, I actively shop for GMOs. <laughs> I do. I. <laughs> you should see me at Costco. I'm like, no, nope, so no, nope, nope. Okay, this stuff has some GMOs. Haven't you read how those give you cancer? Uh, no, because I don't. <sighs> Apparently, you don't know anything about the medical field of science. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's like 
56% of the United States believes that there should be a label on any food containing DNA. GMOs, you mean? No, just DNA. Just DNA? Yeah. People don't understand, apparently, that like, like literally meat? everything we <laughs> oh, eat yeah, yeah. is has DNA. You know, wheat, rice, everything is living. Oh, that's funny. The only thing that wouldn't have DNA, actually, is that water bottle um, because it's sterile or it should be sterile. Well, who knows? Yeah. So, <laughs> My water bottle yeah, wasn't. Where, where Ivy gets their water. But, but yeah, so, so back to the CRISPR, like I said, 100% for, you know, getting that stuff figured out on critters. Um, it can be really valuable for those genetic, you know, yeah. diseases. And, and Identify it early, um, treat it in utero. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even beyond that, like people get nervous about designer babies. All for it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I it'd be cool if they all grow beautiful. That's not what I care about. What I care about is you can be designing, um, you can select for genes for people to be smarter um, harder working. Like this could be a huge jump forward. I don't know if you can though. Cause a lot of those traits are very complicated and it's way more than just one gene that are into it, Ooh, yeah. you know, and oh. you can use CRISPR to an extent. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't know if there's going to be like anything. You can easily, <laughs> you could easily pick your eye color through CRISPR probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's probably a little bit more complicated, but like things like, let me think like, uh, Phenylketonuria, have you heard of that? And PKU, yeah. I think I pronounced it right, but PKU is um, a pretty rare um, disease where um, they test every baby that's born and they're lacking an enzyme that allows them to break down phenylalanine, which is an amino acid. And there's a warning on this it says contains phenylalanine. Phenylalanine on is in diapepsi. protein. Look at that. Right. So there's actually technically no phenylalanine in this, but aspartame does convert to phenylalanine in your body. But so these babies can't, it's just, I think it's just one gene, a recessive gene, probably pretty fixable with CRISPR to rectify the situation. And if, if these kids, you know, have PKU and they eat phenylalanine, then um, they get uh, mental disabilities, basically. Oh my gosh. So now the treatment is really easy. Just avoid proteins with phenylalanine in it. And um, our daycare provider, actually, their little girl had PKU. And she was, you know, she's thriving because she's getting what she needs and she's avoiding what. But, um, you know, if if young and they don't know this, then she would grow up to be mentally disabled if she were to eat that phenylalanine. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. crap. But it's. Luckily, we have a really easy solution, but in some cases, you don't. Where CRISPR would be nice. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm all for that. But I, again, I think starting to select. Imagine if a whole generation of kids, if we increase the average intelligence fifty percent, dude, we would have We'd still be pretty low. No, flying I'm cars. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's all about the flying cars. I want a colony on the moon. I want to go to Mars. Did you know there was this Get guy i don't know what it was on youtube i think i actually watched the video which was sad but sad that i watched it this guy claiming to be from the future this is a picture from the future and we have flying cars and like he he disguised his voice to be really deep and i'm just like this guy's nuts yeah oh yeah youtube is full of crazy people i know i I love love it it. (laughs) you know what i've been stuck on lately is live leak live leaks and uh just watching violent 
police shootings and oh my gosh, yeah, why did you want to? I, you know, it's about every once or twice a year, I go down this dark rabbit hole of of just disturbing, disturbing images. Does that keep you sane somehow? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's helping. <laughs> There used to be a website back in the day called Rotten where you'd see like I recall. Mm-hmm. gross medical stuff. Yeah. Yep. I didn't spend a lot of time there. That stuff doesn't – but like people – there's there's a live stream on, on Facebook. These morons playing with a gun and the girl accidentally shoots a guy in the head and it's super graphic. and Yeah. I, I don't know I don't why, know why, I, it, why. I get into that. It will only last for probably another week. And I'll have to stop because I'll just get into a really dark. I did start rewatching place. Game of Thrones last night. Did you? Yes, I'm on only episode one. I'm trying to get Adam to do it with me because it's been so long since the last season. Yeah. That I was like, "Come on, season eight. I think it's eight is coming up. We got to watch them all." He's like, "No, I've lost interest." And it's yeah. We read all. Joni and I read all the books uh-huh. and got to about season four of the show, and we're like. Rrr. What? See, there is a, there's a slope. There's there's a slump in the middle there. I feel like where the TV's not quite as good. Yeah. In, in the series, but those last last season was freaking phenomenal. I've heard that, but it's, it just, it took such a turn. I was like, I don't. Wanna. Yeah, you'll like it. Pick it back up. I need your HBO account. <laughs> your HBO Go account. <laughs> I can't. I'm using my brother's sister's cousin's neighbors. Right, exactly. No, I have my HBO account. I will give it to you. Sweet, sweet. Um, uh, well, you answered a lot of my questions. Well, any questions from you to me? Um, yes. If there was, I assume you edit this. Nope. Shit. <laughs> I was going to ask you if I put my foot in my mouth at any point in time. Please no. edit it out. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, I don't uh, think so. I never know because sometimes it's not connected. Sometimes <laughs> I just say stuff. Um, and I try to really think, but it's really hard. So I just yeah. I just talk. I really – I do – one, I don't edit anything. Um, like I, I love that – this is perfect. You come in, you sat down. We were recording within 30 seconds because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think there's like this, all right, here, here's what we're going to do first. You're going to talk about this. And I'm going to talk about like, no, mm-hmm. none of that happens. Um, and I also don't – there's no place to leave comments on this. Oh, really? Because yeah, people will come on and and tell me that I'm a woman hating monster and you're a baby killing terror. Or maybe I'm not enough baby killing today. <laughs> I just <it's, laughs> people are terrible. People suck. Yeah, I've been kind of wanting to get into podcasts, not like on yours specifically, but we've talked about doing a podcast through Tiger Lily, like a kid scientific okay. podcast. I just don't know how it would work. And I don't know how like it's not complicated. I can try to do this in, in under two hours probably. And you're like mm-hmm. a computer nerd. Yeah. Adam's the more actually Adam's a computer nerd can like do surgery on computers, fix them and stuff. But when it comes to this stuff, I am probably better actually because I did stream video games for a short time, which is very, very nerdy. Yeah. Very nerdy. And I assume it's very similar. You I've download never, a program and just start yeah. talking. I've never done a video game thing before. And this is all Mac. I know you guys are all PC, but. Ugh, why are you Mac? It's so much easier. So much better. <clears throat> so much better. <sighs> yeah, our Not laptops didn't even fight during this whole thing. Sweet. Yeah. All right. I'll bring you on next time to talk about Jesus and stuff. Oh, gosh. Don't do that. <laughs> I thought about giving my thoughts on oh um, on the trans. I know you had a conversation about transgender yeah. um, individuals not that long ago, and there is a science versus podcast on being transgender. Okay. It's very very interesting and, and very educational. 
if you're wanting. Science wanting. versus. Yeah, and my husband's probably getting sick of me. Stop citing science versus all the time. Well, like with anything, I I get these recommendations. I'll listen to it, and then I start doing my homework because I've gotten before where you're like, oh, that's just a insane person with a microphone. Oh, yeah. No, they're, <laughs> they're actually really good. They'll tell you how many citations are in the end of the episode. They'll, they're usually around yeah. 100 citations per episode. Yeah, yeah. But Have you listened to Radiolab? Radiolab is awesome, except for I hate their production. They do this thing where theirs is heavily produced and edited. So, like, you'll be listening, and, like, a person will stop talking. And it will be dead silent for so long. I, every, even though I know they do it, I still check my phone. I'm like, are you that? And it starts up like, why do you leave it so long? Weird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not edited. <clears throat> not, like, non-edited. No, no, no. But, yeah. So, anyway. Super lame. All right. I'm always here and eager to be on. Thank you for coming in. <sighs> See, what I tell you? You can totally have a a regular conversation, not heated. Nobody's angry. Nobody's yelling. Good conversation. Two people have different opinions on abortion, and nobody yelled. Nobody cried. Nobody punched. Nobody screamed. Um Good talk. Thank you, Kelsey, for coming in. And uh, as I was saying earlier, I was looking for like a part two to that, another perspective, another person, because it's a complicated issue. And I and I know that there's a lot of people out there who uh, think differently on it. And Kelsey was the only one brave enough to come in. So there you go. Um, but having heard that and the civility of it, if you are at all interested in uh, coming in and having this similar conversation with me, I'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, I think it'd be cool. Um, I think if we hear each other's perspectives and where we're coming from in a way that's healthy like that, uh, I think some progress can be made. Um, so there you go. Whatever. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter. It is Luke underscore Tim. Two M's on that. Uh, contact me with anything you want to talk about. Email me. All the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. Um, oh, also this coffee company thing that I started. Pretty cool. Buy coffee, do good. Uh, it, that's really the, the entire vision of this thing. We're going to sell coffee and kids in Africa are going to get a better shot at having a fulfilled life where they have hope. Uh, to know more about that story, because that wasn't enough <laughs> to give you the full story, if you want to know more about that, check out CarEastCoffee.com, X-A-R-I-S-X-O-F-F-E-E.com. Uh, I know it looks like Zaris, but because it's an X, but it's Karis. That's that's how you pronounce it. It's a Greek word. Um, but if you mess that up and you do X A R I S C O F F E E dot com, it'll still go to my website. Uh, I got skills, bro. Anyways, yeah, check it out. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be good. Uh-huh.